this program to bring you a special news bulletin. The Japanese have attacked Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, by air, President Roosevelt has just announced. The attack also was made on all naval and military activities on the principal island of Oahu. Vice President, Mr. Speaker, members of the Senate of the House of Representatives, yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The United States was at peace with that nation and at solicitation of Japan, still in conversation with its government and its emperor, looking toward the maintenance of peace in the Pacific. Indeed, one hour after Japanese air squadrons had commenced bombing in the American island of Oahu, the Japanese ambassador to the United States and his colleague delivered to our Secretary of State a formal reply to a recent American message. And while this reply stated that it seemed useless to continue the existing diplomatic negotiations, it contained no threat or hint of war or of armed attack. It will be recorded that the distance of Hawaii from Japan makes it obvious that the attack was deliberately planned many days or even weeks ago. During the intervening time, the Japanese government has deliberately sought to deceive the United States by false statements and expressions of hope for continued peace. The attack yesterday on the Hawaiian Islands has caused severe damage to American naval and military forces. I regret to tell you that very many American lives have been lost. In addition, American ships have been reported torpedoed on the high seas. This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA Media. 
I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It is Thursday, 7 December, in the year of our Lord, 2023, 82 years ago. Um, that was the broadcast. I think it was the Texaco, um, Philharm- the New York Philharmonic plan. That's the classic one that they broke into to announce it. Um, we're going to do a lot today in the commemoration of Pearl Harbor, uh, one of the hinges of history that catapulted this uh, country into uh, being a world power. And some people will say, Got a little off course in the uh, subsequent years and tried to build an empire instead of focusing on our republic. But you can't question the valor of the uh, men and women who uh, who had already been drafted but then came to service right after the seventh, December 7th. If we did in the same time frame, because one of the things about World War II, when you look at it, the, the concentrated time frame of things happen. If we were to take the... Um, 3 November of 2020, which is obviously a big date in the history of the MAGA movement in this country. Uh, as December 7th, we would be right now finishing the third year of the war and, um, and uh, focused on, um, we would have gone to Normandy, Rome would have fallen, Paris would have fallen, the great battle of Normandy that took about a month and a half, two months would have been finished, Market Garden, uh, the paratroopers arrayed British, Polish, and American uh, the bridge too far uh, would have happened in September, and right now we would be um, looking to cross the Rhine and uh, and drive to the heart of Germany. But uh, the Battle of the Bulge was about to take place in a couple of weeks, and of course, with Patrick O'Donnell, every Christmas we do a special on Christmas Day, the combat history of Christmas, and we will uh, get into all the details there. So, um, also going to talk about the controversy of what actually happened. Still, I think there were seven Pearl Harbor. Commissions, uh, naval uh, review boards, uh, and still a lot of questions. I know that Admiral Kimmel's family uh, still fights uh, to get his uh, record cleared. He was uh, the Pacific Fleet commander, and uh, and of course General Short from the uh, from the Army. Uh, we're going to get into all of that uh, today, throughout the day, as we commemorate the uh, valor, the heroism, but also the event and what really took the United States, although we were kind of, I had risen to a world power in the late 19th century after the Civil War and, of course, World War I. With the rejection of the League of Nations, we kind of said, hey, we just got to take care of ourselves and focus here, but World War II changed that. Uh, one thing of note in that speech, and people don't remember, because I'm very um, adamant that we actually have to understand World War II because it's not taught properly. People think it's um, Pearl Harbor, um, Normandy, the atomic bomb and the, bomb and the Holocaust. That is not World War II. Uh, of note, after that attack, Roosevelt, and they had a discussion about this in the White House, Roosevelt did not declare war on Nazi Germany. In fact, we never technically actually, I mean, we technically did, but Hitler declared war on the United States. I think uh, Roosevelt went Monday, the 8th. I think it was the 10th. I think it was on Wednesday that Hitler, because he had a secret pact uh, with the Japanese that had not been disclosed. I mean, people you know, knew they had signed a, a treaty but didn't realize it was if one goes to war, the other goes to war. 
But he could have walked away from that, like he walked away with the treaty with the Russians or the, the communists, the Bolsheviks. And he, uh, and, but they made a gamble. They thought the United States would not fight. It's pretty ironic. We start the week by talking the Pacific Island chain. Think about that for a second. Uh, we had Cleo on here to walk through the Chinese Communist Party and what they're doing the Pacific Island chain. The same exact area where 80-some years ago uh, your grandfathers uh, fought through, in some cases your fathers, uh, fought through uh, the, bloody, uh, the bloody Pacific. I know Burchett. Uh, father was there. I think Steve Stern's father was there. Many people come on the show, so it's absolutely incredible. Want to go to? I've got a very special guest. Uh, we're going to get to back to this throughout the morning, uh, but I want to play a short, cold open for him. We have Congressman Burl- Burleson, uh, who's just done a fantastic job. I want to play the cold open for him and then bring him on. What I would want to say is that if the speaker is not going to come forward and say no to the Senate and they're going and, and do a cont- another continuing resolution. If he's going to allow for all these clean FISA uh, renewals and all these other things, we are going to say no for him. We are, and that, what that means is it means violating the the norm the norms and voting down the rules. But if that's what it takes, that's what we're going to okay. do. If it- this this was Congressman Burleson. Congressman Burleson, would you think a backbencher threw down hard the other day on the Speaker of the House? Not normal behavior. Sir, since that time, uh, didn't we got the tables run on us on FISA, did we not? Yeah, it looks like that we, they've given up. Um, I, I'm livid about it. I know that others like Chip Roy are livid about this. Look, they're, they're actually, we're going to end up having a year where we're, where we're going to walk away as a Republican conference with the only thing that we've accomplished is that we've eliminated George Santos. That's how pathetic that this is. That's how uninspiring this conference has become. And, and I, I didn't come here to, be, to play business as usual. I didn't come here so that we can continue to pass these continued resolutions and keep all of the provisions that the Democrats have put in place. I didn't come here so that we could continue to fund the, uh, the, the new policies of the Biden administration, including paying for the uh, travel expenses for people that want to get abortions. If we can't stand up for some of these issues like that, then I don't know what we're doing here. Well, the NDAA is full of the woke stuff. Uh, the FISA thing, they slipped in there, and that kicks down to, to April. Nobody's doing any work right now to pass the appropriations bills. You guys are going to leave next Thursday, I believe, the 14th, come back, and you're going to have a couple of days, maybe a week until the 19th, and nothing's been done. So I think just the audience, I'm sure your constituents are saying, just what is the work plan? I mean, people want to know exactly what's going on. We all are supporters of Speaker Johnson, but i got to tell you, I think Chip Roy is right. It's strike two and a half or maybe two and three quarters. So I think people are confused. Why is there no urgency in any, any of these topics, which are easily winnable for us? I, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm completely dumbfounded as to why we're not willing to fight. We, you know, he's a Speaker of the House. He has the, the power is in his hands. If he says that we're not going to move any Ukraine bills, we're not going to move the NDAA until we fix the border, or we're not going to pass an NDAA unless it includes language on the um, on fixing the abortion issue, that eventually, if he stares them down, they're going to have to take it. And I think that when you when he's come to the conclusion that he's not going to let these things expire, he's not going to let fire, FISA expire, he's not going to let the NDAA expire, when you come to that conclusion, you've already lost. You have already lost. You've already given up the battle. 
So if that's the case, when does his speakership expire? What's the sell-by date on and, – and look, we love Speaker Johnson, but we got to be hard-nosed and treat him the same way McCarthy all these other guys. He's got a biblical worldview, but it seems to me he's got a sell-by date. When is that? I, I, I don't know when the date is, is going to be, but, um, but again, I think Chip Roy is right. We're on strike, strike two, and, and I have yet to be inspired and impressed. Um, I, I want to see actually. I just don't. I just don't I, but here's here's what here's what, here's what I don't understand because this audience is so livid. I don't think I don't know what these congressmen think they're going to get back when they go home. People don't want to see you home. They want to see you in D.C. working. So when you go home, I don't think people are going to say, "Hey, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays." People are in not that mood because the country's burning down around them, and it seems like all Johnson's doing is just perpetuating the same madness we've had, sir. Yeah, and, and you know we've got we have our their, our own country is being weaponized against American citizens, right? You have grandmas and grandpas going to jail over walking through the building on January sixth and not doing anything violent, and and pe- the American people are watching that. And then you have Jamal Bowman, who we can we're barely gonna, we're not even going to try to expel him for committing an actual crime. We're, we're going to just censure him. It's not enough. The American people know that there is a two-tier justice system, and the problem is this Congress doesn't have the stones to actually correct it. We don't have the, the guts to go in and actually uh, strike funding from the FBI and their new headquarters, or to zero out the salaries of some of these people that are using their position to, uh, as a weapon against the American people. Uh, Congressman Burleson, I know you get a bounce, you get votes, all that. Uh, where do people get you? What's the social media? What's your site? I'm on all the social medias at Rep. Eric Burleson, and uh, we've got a podcast that's called Fresh Freedom as well. Love it if uh, it's freshman members of the Freedom Caucus. Thank you, brother. Thank you for uh, taking time away for the vote tape. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. Anytime. I want to compare and con- I want I want to compare and contrast. The young men and the military leaders that uh, went to the Pacific and later, obviously, North Africa, Sicily, Italy, over the skies of, uh, of, of Germany, the, their, their courage compared to what we got now. Back in a moment. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do, with more spending. While lawmakers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every 10000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. And you still get the free gold bar. Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit 
and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Um, to go back to World War II for a second, um, a lot of people think that the railhead of all of our problems and not being able to trust people and really not knowing, you know, kind of the hall of mirrors that the federal government has become, uh, or the administrative state, which kind of took over the federal government, a totally unconstitutional fourth branch of government that's impervious to elections and quite frankly, to be brutally frank, impervious to control. That's what I say. It's got to be taken apart brick by brick. And this is why this is the principal reason they hate Trump, because the global American empire, which essentially started in World War II and, and obviously at the end of World War II, uh, that project is now uh, taking this country in a, a direction that uh, the founders and the framers and the basic underpinnings of this nation never and th- the citizens never uh, never got a say so in. And it's been misrepresentation and lies. But it's not, just not from the Kennedy assassination. There were, I think, six, seven, eight inquiries in the Pearl Harbor. If you go back and read the history of the time, it, the Pearl Harbor situation kept coming up. It was very contentious, very contentious. We had broken both the – and it's a lot of times people just read the summaries of the histories or, or the, the overviews, think about the codes. More, but we broke both – we had bro- broken both the naval codes and the diplomatic codes. So we really knew what uh, what was going on, both uh, from a uh, from the operational part of their fleet, and as Roosevelt said, this wasn't planned days or weeks in advance. Uh, this was technically started to be worked on years in advance. Years in advance. Uh, there's actually a great article up today. I'll push out about a CCP looking at a modern Pearl Harbor for us around Taiwan that would psychologically break the American people. We would not be able to carry on to a conflict. That's what the Japanese felt. That's what Hitler thought. They thought that the sneak attack or the, and, 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 and the whole question has been how much did Roosevelt know it? How much did Roosevelt's administration know? Did they really understand when they kind of cut off the oil on the oil embargo, they were driving the Japanese to, to desperate measures, uh, cutting them off as they try to expand their, you know, uh, what they call it, the Asian co-prosperity sphere, where they would essentially take over a big hunk of mainland China, of all of uh, Indochina at the time, the, you know, the Dutch East Indies, all of that, and control it, that we force them into it. The inquiries are quite interesting. I think I'll carve out time either late this afternoon or tomorrow to talk about them because they're very insightful. And I think that the – we all came together and you fought the war, and it, only, it took three, three years and about eight months. Think of that contraction of time. The equivalent would be next year during the conventions would essentially be from the day of the uh, this big steal in November of 2020 till the, uh, till the conventions for 2024 in the summer would essentially be the duration of World War II. People think the, the World War II went on forever, went on forever. That's the time it went. Less than the entire cycle of the illegitimate stolen presidency of, uh, of Joe Biden. Less than it. Um, there's still many, many questions about this. It's many, many questions. When I said the World War II, I don't believe, being a student of it, 
that is taught properly. The one thing to remember, it was a war about the Eurasian landmass, the world island, geopolitically, what they called it at the time. And it was taken by the, uh, by the Germans and somewhat the Italians, but really the Germans in Europe driving essentially east and the Japanese driving onto mainland China. The two centers of the, um, the um, center of gravity of the war was on the Eastern Front, or Project or Operation Barbarossa, as it was called by the Nazis. Uh, that's where you had all the massive conflicts, just like Napoleon in the movies out now. You can see it, but just like Napoleon, they tried to drive to Moscow, and they also had huge movements through Ukraine. I think over 50% of the Ukrainian people at the time fought with the Wehrmacht, um, and, and the slaughter down there was just horrific. They'd already had a hor- horrific... They had their own Holocaust in, in the 1930s where Stalin essentially starved. This would be like going to Kansas and starving the population that grew the wheat. So absolutely horrific. But mainland China, which is probably the China-Burma-India theater, which I find probably the most fascinating, uh, is I think the least understood. It hasn't had, obviously, the work of what has been done in, in particularly Western Europe. Um, but the Chinese people took the brunt of that. And the reason the communists, the CCP, never really fought the Japanese. They didn't want to fight the Japanese. They wanted the Kuomintang or the nationalists with the Americans, the American support, and the British and others to fight the Japanese. And they would wait around until it's over and jump in. We, uh, you know, the arsenal of democracy, and the thing about World War II is how quickly we stood up the industrial uh, might of this country. And we had Rosie the Riveter and, you know, all this kind of transformation of the workforce became the arsenal of democracy. The two things that there's empirical evidence is that we at the towards the end we overarmed Stalin. We kept we kept just giving him weapons and give, and really strengthening his military for something that was to come after, or at least to strengthen them far beyond what they needed to take on the German army. And there were people that uh, and and people in the know that were complaining about that quite early on. That yes, you had to arm the Russians. No doubt, they're taking the brunt of the casualties. And these people are very noble, but you're, these Bolsheviks, the leaders, Stalin, and they try to press Stalin here as Uncle Joe. Remember, they try to put a, a this, this is a murderous dictator, every bit as bad as Hitler, and maybe worse in some regards. Might have killed more people. They overarmed him, so at the end of the war, and then remember, after Market Garden, we kind of stopped, and Patton and Montgomery, and particularly Montgomery, were going absolutely nuts, crazy. Could not understand why we were held back to get to Berlin, which we had taken Berlin far before the Red Army. And now some historians are going to come in, no, no, we take too much cash. That's all nonsense. Those field commanders, the Patton who had gotten us out of Normandy in the big swing around the German army and Montgomery who finally broke out of Caen and Arcane and, 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 and then came up with Market Garden. And Market Garden, I don't actually think is a catastrophic defeat because at least it moved the ball forward and showed momentum and, and had the, the Germans thinking, hey, these guys could drop behind our back. We stopped. We didn't go to Berlin. We gave, we gave that to the Russians. Why? This question's never been answered. Never been answered. Ever. Totally changed. Why did we give them Eastern Europe? Never been answered. There was no deal. There were deals cut. Remember, Alger Hiss, who turned out to be, as Richard Nixon found out, a communist and a spy, and there were many spies and many communists in FDR's administration. We know this from, from the KGB records that came open in the 90s. Project was Venona. 
that talked about guys like I.F. Stone. And of course, the Nation magazine, they're all coming, oh, that's not true. It's all techno. No, no, no. He was a KGB agent. And there were many KGB agents. And there were many Russians that had infiltrated the government. Many, many. Of course, the British, what the apostles at uh, what they call themselves at Cambridge, I think it was, uh, Kim Philby and Blunt in that crowd that sold their country out. Also, Soviet spies, Russian spies had some lifestyle issues and, you know, betrayed their country, betrayed their, their countrymen, of which these guys were very close to me. They were part of the, the elite set, the Oxford set. And in China, the Chinese people, and the, if you study the war in mainland China, it is absolutely horrific. And if you think about the Nazi doctors, you want to talk about the Nazi doctors and the horrible things that went on in the concentration camps, you look into the details of what, the Imperial Japanese Army uh, was doing to the Chinese, or doing to Americans they captured. The experiments, the torture, it's, 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 it's mind-boggling. Depravity. It doesn't really get talked about, but there was a war trial, not just Nuremberg. They had a Tokyo war trial afterwards. They killed, a, they hung a bunch of these guys. Not enough, I don't think. And, and remember, they made a strategic decision not to remove, um, not to remove the, um, the emperor. And not to change that. There's actually, I think, a very sophisticated, nuanced argument that said the samurai families that essentially controlled the ancient samurai families, from, I'm talking about a thousand years ago, that those families that essentially control the trading companies, the big trading companies, that they played MacArthur and they played the Americans and they stayed in control just like many of the same industrial powers in Germany stayed in control. So you have to ask your question what did the kids from Kansas actually die for? What did they die for? If the control of the situation is kind of going to be the same group of people that were at the, at the forefront of driving them into war, and the industrial powers in those countries were absolutely at the center of what Tojo and these guys did. And who took the brunt? I don't know, 35 or 40 million Chinese slaughtered. I don't know, 50, 60 million Russians slaughtered. Those are our allies, of course the British. And the valor of the American troops is unquestioned. It's if you read it and study it, it's incredible what these kids did with very little training. And you want to see very little training. Look at the Battle of Normandy. After we got across the beach, that next two months is just a slaughter pen of American troops that are not particularly well-trained. And they, they admitted this. They said we did everything on the, to get to the beach and get across the beach. There really wasn't enough time to train these guys on what happened afterwards. And they paid. Who paid? The enlisted men paid. The non-commissioned officers paid. The junior officers paid. Paid in blood. And the questions still remain. How did it all start? And what did it all mean? At the end of it, what exactly was the world? Those questions still need to be answered. Because... We turned over our two allies, the Russian people, to the, we let the Bolsheviks run the deal and in Eastern Europe. And we turned in 1949, we turned Lao Beijing over to the Chinese Communist Party. We did that. The State Department did that. General Marshall did that. So it led to the rise of McCarthy, who lost China. Now, the residents of uh, Pearl Harbor are still here today. The living history of that. Still lives with us. Short commercial break. Back in a moment. But the games you want to play. Bring it on and I will fight to the end. Just watch and see. It's all started. Everything's begun. 
and you are over. Cause we're taking down the CCP. The apples in your holiday pie taste amazing, but it's not exactly the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables. The Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and your cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day, which, as you know, is almost impossible. That's why you need to check out Field of Greens. Every fruit and vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs like your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, and your immune system. Yo, folks, the holidays are here, and you need to stay healthy. Plus, you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier. Field of Greens is the simplest way to get those daily fruits and veggies, and it tastes amazing. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com. Use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com fieldofgreens.com make sure you take take it today use your agency action 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 fieldofgreens.com promo code bannon here's your host stephen k bannon now if i don't seem like i'm breathing fire like yesterday i i i am i just have i haven't gone on a rant so far uh because we're commemorating pearl harbor and there's very serious things we gotta get to but warpath coffee uh, I got very little sleep last night, and the reason is there's a lot going on, a lot of work to be done, a lot of wood to chop. But Warpath.coffee, promo code Warroom to get your big discounts. Uh, black, the dark roast is my baby, Mariner's Blend. But the mild roast, the light roast, they're fantastic. Tej Gill and the team. Tej Gill, a Navy SEAL, a former Navy SEAL, fantastic company, great guys, uh, just incredible to work with. Go check it out. They got all kind of, you know, they got the cups. They got everything. They got the, uh, also got the mugs, the Warpath mugs. So go check it out. Also, you need to, because as you saw in the first block with Congressman Burleson, I don't think they're going to get to it. They just put a release out that they've done all the technical work now for an impeachment inquiry, and they're going to have that vote next week. Hope you got the votes, boys, lads, because you can't have that one lose. You got to give us, we need a shiny toy. We have to have a shiny toy under Christmas tree. So this is what they're doing, right for the least. Speaker Johnson going to give us a shiny toy so we under the Christmas tree we can be happy. And they say, well, we voted for an impeachment inquiry. What are you bitching about? All you guys do is bitch, right? No, brother, this uh, collapse is going to come pretty quickly. And you're making a huge mistake, a huge mistake, a huge mistake by leaving on the 14th of summer. Now, the last time I told a guy that was Speaker of the House he was making a huge mistake was Kevin McCarthy back in May on the um, on the um, the debt ceiling deal, and Kevin McCarthy is taking a bus and going back to Bakersfield, California. Maybe not. More on that later. Okay, huge article. Oh, so birchgold.com slash Bannon. Go there. Make sure you understand everything. And now don't just get the end of the dollar empire, the four free installments, all free. Talk to Philip Patrick and the team about what it means. The bricks are buying gold like crazy. You saw Putin is welcome like a conquering hero in UAE. Uh, One of our allies. Yeah, the guys have said that we're going to get off the dollar and do everything in the currency of the guys buying it, like the Chinese Communist Party. Make sure you talk to Philip Patrick about that. Why are why the BRICS nations buying gold and why is our Federal Reserve just spending time working on the central bank digital currency? Okay, huge article in Axios this morning by Mike Allen and Jim Vanderhey. 
DC's kind of heads blowing up because they talk about potential people that may help President Trump execute all the policies he wants to have executed, particularly taking apart the administrative state starting on the afternoon of 20 January 2025. It is not sitting well with the powers that be. Let me say that. Let's go to Morning Mika and see what they have to say about it. Go ahead and roll. CNN's exclusive new poll shows President Biden is heading into the 2024 election year with his lowest, his lowest approval rating yet. The survey shows 37 percent of Americans approve of the job he's doing, the worst rating for any modern president at the same point in their first term. Deep concerns about the economy are helping to drive President Biden's numbers down. When he says I'll only be a dictator on day one, people in the audience laughed. I noted also that when he said I'll close the border and drill, they cheered. But the first thing that they did is when he said I'll be a dictator on day one, someone in the audience screamed, yeah. And people in the audience seemed happy about it. So do you feel that at this point, it's, it's one of two things. There are either people in this country who actually crave a dictator Trump and a president for life who is Donald Trump, or they just don't believe he'll do it. <laughs> either way, it doesn't really work. First of all, if, if he's going to be a dictator on day one, rest assured, I know him better than almost anybody. He won't be a dictator on day two. He will be a king. He will make himself into the Fuhrer and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute him. You know, Heil Schittler, because that's what he is. That's what he wants. He is an autocratic wannabe with autocratic tendencies. You know, I brought that lawsuit against the United States government simply because I am afraid and I have said this in both of my book, Revenge, publicly on this show with you, Joy. If they did it to me, imagine what they're going to do to you. He's already told people he's going to shut down this station. He wants to jail your president's CEO. He wants to execute Joint Chief of Staff Mark Milley. He wants to, you know, uh, execute uh, Mike Pence. I mean, he's got a hit list of people. He wants to throw everyone into Gitmo. I mean, this is... It's hard to imagine that we're even having this conversation. This is exactly what our forefathers feared hundreds of years ago, that this would happen. And another thing that Donald has told us, again, this isn't me saying it, Joy. It's not you saying it. It's not Liz Cheney saying it. It is Donald Trump saying it when he says on the first day he wants to rewrite the Constitution. Seriously, he wants to strip the power of the judiciary and the legislature and confer all power to the executive branch. Again, that means to him, he wants the military to sign a loyalty oath to him. He wants the 15, 1600 people that will work for government in the transition team to sign a loyalty oath to him. The only person that asks for loyalty and in, in especially in a loyalty oath, is a dictator, a supreme leader, a monarch, a fuhrer. 2015, 16, the Muslim ban he came out with, that was explicit. But sometimes you had this, oh, is, this could be dangerous, right? Well, now he's saying I'll be a dictator the yeah. first day. No one thinks that's going to stop on the second day, of course. He might use the military for law enforcement. He's proposed that yeah. idea. He wants to terminate the Constitution. We could go on for four hours of our show listing all the things he said out loud. Um, and there are familiar names in your new reporting this morning about how he would fill out his cabinet. Who are some of the people that might populate the West Wing and beyond? 
Well, one interesting thing we found out yesterday is that uh, Melania, uh, his wife, is pushing for Tucker Carlson to be the vice presidential pick, which might strike some people uh, as ludicrous and and, 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 and uh, kind of anti-Trump in that like Trump doesn't like somebody who can compete with him on the public stage. She's pushing hard and, and making it clear that she might be out there more campaigning for the ticket uh, if he is on it. But it's below there that you should really pay attention. Like Stephen Miller, who was the architect of everything you saw in immigration in the first term and who wanted to push uh, the extent of, of laws and customs much further, he could end up as your attorney general or the head of Department of Homeland Defense. He's going to be in a, in a place of great power. He has written and spoken very clearly about what he wants to do, whether it's detainment camps or it's mass uh, deportation of people who are here uh, illegally. He's very, been very clear about what he's going to do. There's a guy, Cash Patel. You should uh, Google him. Just look at what he's had to say about using the machinery of government to go after political opponents, including, he's very specific, should they jail uh, critics in the media uh, of the president? He would say, uh, hell yes. He could be your head of the CIA. He could be your head of your uh, NSC. Again, you might like that, then you're going to be electrified uh, by this group. But if you don't like it, you're probably going to be horrified by, by some of the picks. But what's in common with all of these people is they share at least a willingness to do all the things that Donald Trump would say. And you guys know, you're close to a lot of the people that were in the first uh, administration for Trump around him. If you think you're Gary Cohns, you're Dina Powell's, you're Mattis's, you had a lot of people around him who said, hell no, you're not going to do that. They were basically shackling him. None of those shackles will exist. He's going to come in with a group of enablers and a group of executors. So whatever you thought about the first term, he's going to be able to do things at a velocity rate he wasn't capable of because he didn't really know how to govern. No new president really knows how to govern on day one. Now he knows it a little bit better, but he's surrounded by people. And there's these multi-million dollar efforts outside of his own orbit at the Heritage Foundation in other places. If you go to Axios, we posted the questionnaires that they're giving to would-be employees in the Trump administration. It's not necessarily about substance. It's basically an ideological litmus test. Are you willing to believe wholly in Donald Trump, serve loyally to Donald Trump, and then implement uh, his uh, view of what the world uh, should look like? If you can pass that test, you might be one of the 50,000 people who get to come into government into the positions that viewers never heard of. They're just they're, they're positions that say in agencies and, and sit throughout government, but they're the ones who execute on policy. They're the ones that allow things to happen. They're the things that, that, that allow things to happen uh, at the border. And so my, my message to anyone is just read, read, you know, take a look at it and then make a, a compare and contrast. But you're talking about a much different America, two very radically different views of the country. You know, the first Trump term, I always felt like never has so much malice been filtered through so much incompetence. And some of those restraints of people of some amount of conscience who were in those positions. And it's very clear from all this reporting, New York Times, Washington Post, others, the Axios piece, that that's going to be different. I think we are at risk of ignoring the fact that it's not just a poll number that is making that likely. At the, it, at the end of the day, this is the only guy in America, I would argue, who has a movement. OK, and so as my, and you don't defeat a movement through shame and finger wagging, you have to build a bigger, better movement. OK, none of these other Republicans are building a movement. What does that movement look like on the Democratic side? There is no movement. Well, I know, no but what, what, what would it look like? It looks like a movement 
You know, all these questions about Biden's age, it's all sideshows. At the end of the day, a movement is people who are actually part of something together, who meet at the local level or hanging out doing barbecues are part of a thing, who are not just being asked for money through DNC donor lists, who are actually, think of the civil rights movement, right? Right. These are people meeting, doing things. We are in need of, the people I know in the Democratic Party establishment, the left more broadly, aren't even attempting to build a movement. They're trying to do a policy, do this, figure out a message. There's just like a missing project here, right? And you need people to feel an allegiance to the leaders who are running. You need people to be helping each other in their own communities and understand that to be part of a larger project. You need a pro-democracy movement in this country that is organized. The truth is Donald Trump is an organizer, has an organizer spirit, right? Which is you actually bring people in at all levels of political awareness, including people who don't understand anything about politics. And you have a kind of funnel that takes them from nothing to total belief. And, and, and he has kind of media, is Bannon's war room. It's a whole, they have a whole funnel and infrastructure of conversion. It's like a religious conversion engine. And that's kind of what real organizing is, except you should do it for good instead of doing it for brainwashing and hatred. Anand, I'm going to play that again, maybe later in the show. That's one of the most brilliant uh, breakdowns of <laughs> what is reality. Uh, he's a, uh, he's a, obviously a progressive and liberal. Um, I used to have him on Breitbart Radio years ago. One of the smartest young men in this country. And right there, you heard it. And he's absolutely correct. President Trump has built a movement. That's when you see these debates and all this stuff going on. And the thing, it's, it's so shallow because they're still talking about stuff that was 20 and 30 years ago. Speaking of nomenclature doesn't make any sense. The Nikki, neoliberal Nikki, neocon Nikki. It's all irrelevant. And the donors are still stuck in that. Of course, they get lit up with a little populism on there. But it's not, it's not, it's not Trump. It's not pure Trump. Trump is the leader of, I think, what will arguably be debated as the most important political movement in the history of this country. It's a populist nationalist movement to take this country back and to pass on a, our revered republic that was bequeathed to us. That's why Trump is the American Cincinnatus. He's come back from the plow, just like General Cincinnatus did. An ancient, the ancient Roman Republic came back from the plow to save Rome once again. That's what Trump is. That's why they're trying to put him in prison. That's why they're trying to bankrupt him today in New York. Another round of the case. But right there, there's no counter. That's why they're in freakout mode. That Trump's a dictator and Trump's this and Trump's got all these bad guys around him. You know the truth. You come to the show every day and get the information and push it out. You can see what you see which is the most important thing of all. Axios, the, the railhead of conventional wisdom, is in full meltdown today. Back in a moment. There's a lot to be nervous about out there. Open social media or turn on the news and all you see is crime and societal decay. A lot of people just run out and buy a gun and then it sits in a safe. If there's ever an emergency, they're not going to be prepared and run the risk of hurting themselves or others. There's no way around it. You need to train and you need to train often. 
Unfortunately, it's time-consuming to go to the range, assuming there's even one nearby and ammo prices are through the roof. iTarget was invented so you could practice anytime in the safety and convenience of your own home. Simply download the iTarget Pro app, load your caliber-specific laser bullet into your firearm, and start training. Practice alone, compete with friends, or use it to safely train friends and family who are new to firearms. Go to itargetpro.com and get 10% off at checkout when you use offer code Bannon. This is the smartest, safest way to train, which is why competitive shooters trust dry fire training as part of their regimen. Get yours today. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon. itargetpro.com. Action, action, action. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Please always remember, always and everywhere, that the reason that we have the strength, the reason that the polling's so bad, the reason that they're in freakout mode, the reason that, you know, they're running around with Sean Haney's clip that, oh, he wants to be a dictator for a day, the reason they're in full and total meltdown. And when Axios puts out, uh, and, and who, who knows, that, that, that list may never come true, but it's, it's, a, it's a, a type of person that fully understands President Trump's policies, that what made the first term so successful understands President Trump's uh, resolve and direction, and more importantly, understands. This is why I say the steal in 2020 was also pro- as providential as the victory in 2016. Why? They finally flipped over all their cards. We understand exactly who they are, exactly what they want to do, and so there's no more kind of, there's no middle ground. It's either us or them. Where one side's going to win and one side's going to lose. There's no compromise. We cannot compromise. This is why you saw in the Senate yesterday, they're, they're in full meltdown because the Biden regime and the establishment Republicans are trying to hold up. Think about it a second. With what, 12,000 people coming across yesterday, across the border, and you see the footage. It's just, it's un- you've seen it before. We've covered it for three years, but it's mind-boggling. Now it's getting worse. With all the years we've covered it, it's getting worse. Getting worse. Getting worse. And they tried to hold up. They tried to hold uh, the country hostage that they're not going to make any changes unless you give $80 billion to the money laundering operation and the child trafficking and the biolabs in Ukraine to the grifters, to Zelensky. So they get skim, I don't know, 10, 20, 50% off the top. That's where we are. That's the mentality. What would the people that are still entombed in the Arizona, on Pearl Harbor, entombed in Arizona today? think a thousand, over a thousand, those sailors, that they couldn't even get them to give them a burial. They were buried at sea by the Japanese, and they're still today, 82 years later, there. What would they say from the grave about their country they fought for and died for in a sneak attack? What would they say about that country that would allow, what is it, 250,000, 300,000 would allow 25 or 30 combat divisions, a combat division roughly being 10,000. Two-thirds of these are are fighting-age males. And we don't even cover it. The Congress is not down there, and they're kind of trying to cut deals. Just think about it. Think of the absurdity. And they're up there in a nation with $2.5 trillion deficit over the last 12 months, adding a trillion dollars to the debt in 90 days. In a deficit of $200 billion a month, that will add another train in five months. 
that can't even get enough courage together to sit down and try to address it and try to have things. Oh, it's Social Security. It's Medicare. It's those terrible working, it's those deplorables that want their $1,200 check. Listen to the Cokes. Listen to Nikki Haley. Her big thing has got to be that. And every time you talk to him, well, it's, you know, it's all, it's all the stuff that's mandatory. No, it's not. That's just a lie. You just don't understand the math. You don't understand. I'm talking about here and now. I'm not talking about five years. No, I'm not talking about 10 years. I'm talking about here and now. And that is not the issue. The issue is taxing those billionaires that are your puppet masters, number one. And number two, massive cuts to discretionary spending, including defense. This has to happen. Are you in the republic? So what would the honored dead have to say? What would the honored dead that fought their way across? Cleo was here. The apostles, Cleo was here and walked you through the, the island chain that the CCP's all over. That we can't even have the courage now and the guts now to defend. And we'd have to fight our way back over to, to, to assist Taiwan. What would the honored dead at Peleliu and Guadalcanal and Tarawa? What would they say? That you're letting a combat division a day into the country of totally unvetted fighting age men? That's the country they died for? That's the country their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren are going to live in? That... That's what they gave the sacrifice for? Think about that for a second. Don't these guys, oh, Pearl Harbor, this, that, that. Think about their sacrifice and why they did it. Do you think they wanted to be over there in the Pacific? Do you think that that was a cruise, that that was something they volunteered for and they wanted to do it? No. The country had been attacked. They had been asked by their country to do it. And it was still a time of fervent patriotism. Not today. And you can't even, you can't even fill up the Army and the Navy. And the kids are all overweight or on, you know, got, they already got, you know, ADD, HD and all these drugs. You can't even fill it up. So Durbin wants to take some of the fighting age males coming across and do it. That No, I don't think we want to do that. I don't think we want to take the fighting age males that are invited into the country by this regime. Think about this. Think about explaining it to those. Think about explaining it to the 8th Air Corps over, over Germany. I think there's 40,000 bodies we've never recovered. They all died in unmarked graves. How do you explain it to them? You can't explain it to them. It's not explainable. And we're sitting here with Mike Johnson, and you're going to just give the NDAA, it's got all this woke stuff in there. Brother, I know you have a biblical worldview, but maybe it's not in sharp enough focus. And here, you know, we're equal opportunity browbeaters. Just because you got an R next to your name doesn't mean anything to us. You're either with us or you're against us. And we need in that place up there to have just a scintilla of the courage that the men and women that fought and, 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 and made us the great industrial power in the factories 16, 20 hours a day, we need the same courage they had. Just a scintilla of it. Just give me an ether. Just give me a whiff. That's not, I just need a whiff. I need a whiff. You're going home on the 14th. Do you, do you in your mind think you're going to throw a shiny toy of an appeal? Yes, Biden's a treasonous criminal that sold to the CCP. I know that from August, July and August of 2020 when I looked into the laptop from hell and I was brought up to look at the CCP and I could tell in 15, 20 minutes that they had taken money from the Chinese Communist parties at the highest level. Of course he's treasonous. Of course he's a traitor. Of course his son's a drug-addicted pervert. 
that that's the shiny toy. That's what we get. That's what we get under the Christmas tree. Hey, dudes, when you go home, don't expect your constituents to come up there and say, hey, you're doing a great job. We're really happy. No, I don't know why you're going back because they don't want to see you. You know where they want to see you? They want to see you having a Christmas service in the Capitol, taking a short break. The baby Jesus would want you to be at work to save the new Jerusalem, that would be this republic. They don't want you on some ski holiday with the family singing, drinking hot cocoa and having a mug of something at a ski resort. That's not what you're there for. Why don't you just quit? Just, just turn it over. You have to look into yourselves. You dishonor and disrespect Every patriot's grave is disrespected by the way you comport yourself. Gutless, cowardly. Short break, back in 90 seconds. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. 